This is an RNZ podcast. A tip from Nan. If you need to lie to your friends and whanau about your gambling, that's a sure sign, all right. No fibs. Tika, not tika, hey. That was Nan, the star of a current ad campaign by Tafatu Ora, the national agency managing our health system. And in several short ads and videos, Nan urges Fano to keep things kapai by looking out for warning signs of problem gambling and one form in particular. Kilda again. Here's something to think about. If a good time on the pokies takes the rent money, then that's a pretty clear sign. Sort your priorities, Nan. Now, concern about pokies and problem gambling has been heavily reported by the media at times in recent years. It even became a political issue a decade ago when a deal was done for more pokies in Sky City's casino to fund Auckland's convention centre. But some forms of gambling get more benign media coverage. For example, last weekend the big lotto Powerball jackpot of $12 million was not struck, but stuff still reported that lotto players from Kumiu and Auckland both won half a million each in first division prize money. The same report also said a winning strike ticket was sold in the Four Square in Dannyburg and that the Father's Day triple-dip promotion winner from Wellington bought the winning voucher at the New World in Newtown. And there's a big appetite for stories in the media like that about where the lucky punters get the winning tickets. Last week, for example, News Hub published a full table of the stores that sold winning midweek tickets in Whangarei, Whangaparoa, Auckland, Hamilton, Matamata, Cambridge, New Plymouth, Christchurch and Southland. But on RNZ National last Monday morning, Morning Report had a very different story about where lotto tickets get bought and sold. Almost 70% of lotto tickets bought in shops are sold in the poorest communities. An RNZ investigation into the state-owned gambling company shows that its retail sales come disproportionately from areas of high deprivation. RNZ's Guy Nespina also reported that Lotto now accepts it has too many stores in low-income areas and it's closing some down by the end of the year, and we'll come back to that in a minute. But while Lotto happily gives media the names of lucky stores selling winning tickets every week, it wouldn't tell RNZ how much money the biggest-selling stores are turning over. When RNZ checked the locations of the 10 top-selling stores against the National Deprivation Index, the top two were in places ranked decile 8, while Monaco City and Dunedin outlets were in decile 10 zones, and they were in 6th and 7th place respectively. But Lotto's long-serving chief Chris Lyman told Guy and Espiner that Lotto stores more highly concentrated in poorer places didn't necessarily mean people least able to afford it were disproportionately spending in those stores. So the data we've sent you, and I think we were very clear on this for, because we do use that data, represents where people shop, not where they live. You can't always, and you don't always end up with shops neatly sitting in suburbs. Um, it's more complicated than that. But Sela Hart of the Kopapa Māori health agency Hapai Tahaura told RNZ that people in poor communities hoping for a quick way out of poverty are doing too much of this long odds form of gambling. And I just don't think the light has been shined on them, and they've been able to hide in the shadows of pokey machines. That's a good point. Ten years ago, the New Zealand Herald highlighted how pokey machines were concentrated in the poorer parts of Auckland, and an Auckland Council report at the time said that money was being taken out of the communities in which it was generated. The Otago Rugby Union even bought three South Auckland pubs back then to reap the rewards of their pokies. Now, the pub charity organisation at the time warned darkly that charitable donations critical for air rescue to opera were at risk if the numbers of pokies were cut back. 
And the New Zealand Herald columnist Brian Rudman even suggested a national day of thanks for what he called the modern-day kamikaze New Zealand heroes who ventured out to pubs to fund amateur rugby, ice hockey and arts festivals. Everything from grand opera to girl guides to pony clubs to play centres to women's refuges rely on pub gamblers continuing to feed their hard-earned cash into these bottomless machines. Propping up respectable New Zealand pastimes was protecting the pokey industry from reform, Brian Rudman reckoned back then. But the Herald's reporting at that time also brought to light that less than 40% of gross proceeds ended up with charities. A sinking lid was put on the number of pokies in Auckland after that, and now pokies pull in less of the total gambling take. But Lotto's share of it has surged in that same time, from 18% of the total gambling spend in 2010 to 20% of it in 2020. Now, as we're often reminded in Lotto's publicity and adverts, all profits go to what we're told are good causes, sports, the arts, community initiatives, and so on. And arguably this and the fact that people spend less but more often on Lotto also means it's had less media scrutiny on the after-effects of that spending in recent years. Until now. In June, the Otago Daily Times revealed Lotto's plans for a third weekly draw and a significant ramping up of its online gaming options, including what it called instant reward games. We are doing a lot of work to understand how big this category could be. We believe it could double what it is today without too much effort. And documents obtained under the OIA by the ODT also showed it was pondering the potential of the metaverse to secure a bigger slice of the easy money in online gambling, which, Lotto says, would otherwise go offshore. Now, Lotto's boss Chris Lyman told Guy Nespina the same thing in part two of RNZ's investigation, which came out on Thursday, and revealed that he wants to launch a lucrative online bingo game soon, even though members of the Lotto advisory panel warned against it. Now, because Lotto is a state institution, the Internal Affairs Minister Jan Tanetti has to approve changes like this, having first considered possible harm, which, she told RNZ, is front of mind for her. At the front of my mind all the time is harm minimisation. I've seen too many issues that have happened with gambling. I've seen too many families that have been hurt and harmed. And last Monday, in the first part of his investigation, Guy Nespiner reported that Lotto knew for some time it was causing harm already by having too many stores in poor areas. And... Lotto says it will now close some stores down, with the aim of reducing the ratio of stores per capita in areas of high deprivation to below the national average by the end of the year. Chief Executive Chris Lyman said store numbers would also decrease because of the growth of online sales. So there are stores coming out of uh, wealthy suburbs as well, but more stores will be coming out of vulnerable areas. Well, the end of the year is less than four months away, and it's remarkable that that hasn't been made public until this week, especially when you consider those new stories about lucky punters with lucky numbers at the lucky stores that are reported every week. There's more to come about Lotto from Guy Nespiner and RNZ next week and the week after.